Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, January the 16th in 2024 on When I Rise. Today we continue year B, the third Sunday of Epiphany. And on the Tuesday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Psalm passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. So we find ourselves in Psalm 62, but we'll cover just verses 5 through 12. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 12. Only from his high place they schemed to take him. They took pleasure in lies. With their mouths they blessed and inwardly cursed. Only in God can be quiet, in my being, for from him is my hope. Only he is my rock and my rescue, my fortress, I shall not stumble. From God is my rescue and glory, my strength's rock and my shelter in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our shelter. Only breath, humankind, the sons of man are a lie. On the scales altogether they weigh less than a breath. Do not trust in oppression, or of theft have no illusions. Though it bear fruit of wealth, set your heart not upon it. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. That strength is but God's, and yours, Master, is kindness for you to requite a man by his deeds. This is the word of God for us. Right, so Psalm 62 is a psalm of David, and so there's probably different times in his life as we look at the contents of Psalm 62, we look at uh, the narratives of David that we find in the Old Testament. We can find that they're ever-present in just about any story that we find him. David is trying to blaze a new trail. Uh, he's going to emerge not as the first king of Israel, but obviously it's most successful, especially in the first half of the kingdom's history. You know that um, he has to climb the mountain in order to be Israel's king. And it wasn't just given to him, even though he was anointed and set apart by God, ascribed by Samuel, the judge and prophet um, of the people of Israel. Um, there is a sense where David needs to situate himself. And so I think at times David knew some of the temptations that are outlined in Psalm 62, especially when it comes to riches, especially when it comes into who you're going to trust. But nevertheless, David wasn't perfect. Um, this is worth noting that the most uh, you know, well-known feature of David's life, that he was a man after God's own heart, uh, at least as the English tries to translate it, uh, that was said of him before we know anything about him, before he does anything in front of us. That was, this is the first reading of David before he's even anointed as king, right? Because we could say with just this very considerate and objective eyes that David sometimes misses the mark. And therefore, we can't uh, give carte blanche pass to everything in David's life. He has a checkered history, and there seems to be great effort uh, within the scripture text to try to highlight the superlatives of David's life in order to justify people uh, from his family continuing to be king and for this the continual establishment of the monarchy uh, throughout the generations of Israel's history. But nevertheless, there were times that David was faithful. 
There were times where David was at a crossroad. He could go uh, to a place of expediency or to a place of faithfulness that he chose faithfulness. Not every time, but there are many times. And so as David is um, writing this psalm, it seems to be an instructive psalm because he's been there. Uh, Once again, going to the New Testament, there's two different words to know something in the New Testament Greek. There is gnosis, and that seems to be a knowledge based upon reason or um, maybe listening to a lecture or a teaching. And then there's oida, which is the knowledge that we get from experience. And so I think what we have here in Psalm 62 is this experiential knowledge that David is pouring out and instructing other emerging leaders, perhaps, or those in the ruling class of the people of Israel. And so we got to admire uh, his the underwriting of this uh, hope for this song, which is to train them that when they're at the crossroad, don't seek expediency, but seek faithfulness. Because faithfulness at times, it takes a long time. It's a long road to get to a desired place or the desired blessing from God. But ultimately, as David says at the very end of the psalm, God does weigh the deeds of individuals. Um, This might be a reason that some of the lectionary cuts this out of the reading, because it seems to go counterintuitive uh, to uh, some of the the Protestant conclusions of how we are rewarded, not because of our deeds, but because of our faith. But I think it's, it's worth noting, and I'd, I'd point your eyes to a guy like Matthew Bates, who's done some great work in the New Testament and others, and uh, the, the, remind us of the, th- the famous axiom of Dallas Willard, who said, grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. And there is a sense where uh, the people of Israel wanted to follow through with the commandments, not to somehow earn God's favor, but they saw them as what Matthew Bates says, as covenant maintenance, right? To show like a fidelity towards the grace ascribed to us, we do the things that God asks of us, right? It's like we're given a a brand new car. We turn 16. Maybe we're in a family situation where we're, we're given a car that we didn't have to like, you know, pay for And uh, we could show our fidelity to understanding the gift towards us by making sure that we take it into the shop on schedule, uh, try to mend some of the issues that come along the way. That that just shows to the wider world, particularly the people who give us these gifts, that uh, we're not taking it for granted, that we're not entitled. We're so thankful for the gift that we have. And so maybe this is the underlying message of Psalm 62 as well. And something that we can carry with us today is you and I didn't, we didn't, you know, deserve nor earn the grace of Jesus, but it's something that it's bestowed upon us because of the great love of God over our lives. And so we, in response, do the deep, want to do the deeds of faith because it shows in some way the gratitude that we have for all the life that we've uh, been given. And so I think ultimately Psalm 62 is a psalm of grace. Yes, it's got some instruction. Yes, it's got some warnings. But ultimately it's saying, hey, God has been so good to you. You might as well begin to plan on uh, you know, returning to God the goodness that he's given to you. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the depth of grace that we experience in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sought us when strangers you brought us into your family and you shared us with grace. And so this day we wake up with a fresh vision of what it means to be the people of God. We thank you that it guides us throughout our day. It's not just something for our eternal destiny, but it's something that meets us today and the challenges that we face. We thank you for the teaching psalm of Psalm 62, which warns us about the, the lesser loves 
uh, the expediency that life can sometimes uh, lure us towards instead of a way of faithfulness. And so this day, where we find ourselves at workplaces or schools or in family systems or in social networks, uh, we just simply pray that you would show us the path of faithfulness so that we can honor you, so that we can show our fidelity to the great gift that we received in you in Jesus, and so that you can be glorified and our lives can be enriched. So God, we pray that you would lead us today, speak to us today, transform our hearts and minds, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.